Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We should talk about that more later. Is this going to be the first in the country, in San Francisco, this reparations thing to bankrupt the city? $5 million for every eligible black adult in the city of San Francisco? And a whole bunch of other stuff that they discussed yesterday and signaled support for. Maybe we'll talk about that more later this hour. Yeah. Well, to actually bring it into reality would be brushing up against reality. And that is something San Francisco is not very good at. A lot of commissions and statements and speeches and virtue signaling, but uh, it bumps up against reality and often goes kerblooey. Well, do you think it's a situation where we'll let somebody else? It's like your thing you, you uh, you've said before about kids. Like if your kid says they want to be a uh, a NASCAR racer, mm-hmm. you don't tell them ah oh, you probably can't because of this reason or that reason. You you let you let reality do that. You don't want to be the one that squash their dreams or whatever yeah as it turns out it's yeah it's probably not a good way to be um let, i learned that too late not too late but later than i wish i had let um let reality uh, you know do that uh, is that what's going on here with the, the 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 people on the reparations committee and the board of supervisors i'm not going to be the one to say this this won't work let's let mathematics or a court or somebody say it 
Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I think that's exactly right. We'll be I, full speed ahead. Sure, every black adult who qualifies, and be, be, their qualifications are so broad that practically anybody will qualify, gets $5 million, a home for a dollar, a guaranteed salary of $97,000 a year for the next 250 years, that family, and a whole mm-hmm. bunch of other stuff that's just insane. I mean, yeah. just crazy, crazy, crazy town. It's a hell of a way to run a government where government officials say, yes, these sound like good ideas to me. I am in favor of this, knowing it's utterly impossible. But they'll let somebody else be the one to pull the plug on it. Mm, yeah, eventually. It runs up against reality. Or I don't I don't know. Well, that's just, the way all our politics is. Just like Joe Biden signed off on the debt relief for the cancel student debt. He mm-hmm. knew that that couldn't work. It was unconstitutional. Nancy Pelosi told him that. Well, right. But he's saying, let somebody else end it. I'm not going to end it. Wow. Wow. Yep. And you get credit uh, from the voters. Yes. So it's a good strategy in yes. terms of, you yes. know, uh, bare-knuckled politics. Yep. Yeah. To pitch that which is utterly impossible and unconstitutional, immoral, and, and fiscally insane... Uh, yes, that's good politics these days. It's Bingo. discouraging. That's right, Joe. Uh, so I thought this was uh, really interesting. Is a piece written by Hannah Myers, who's with the uh, Manhattan Institute. She says, last month, oh, our theme being uh, why crime has exploded, I'll give you a couple of hints. Last month, she said, at the University City University of New York, I should say, I lectured about how evolutions in data-led policing strategies helped New York City reduce annual murder numbers from 2,250 in 1990 to just 292 in 2017. And from 93 annual fatal police shootings in 1971, 93, to just six a half century later. I mean, that's a wonderful success story. At the same time, city jail and New York state prison populations have also seen their numbers more than halved. My presentation was layered with both data and descriptions of the tensions inherent in researching neighborhood crime dynamics. Following my talk, I invited students to discuss these notable statistical shifts. What I heard from those bold enough to actually speak floored me. They told me it was racist to use data to discuss policing, all the more so because I'm a white woman. I shouldn't have been surprised. From outraged Gen Zers to hardened politicians deploying data rather than relying on one's own lived experience is now verboten when engaging with triggering topics such as race or human behavior. Uh, She talks about um, how de Blasio, Mayor de Blasio, ushered this in. Um, But again, the argument is even using data is racist. And this is such a, uh, I mean, I can't believe I have to explain this to anybody. So you have all this critical theory crap, and it doesn't stand up to logic at all. And there's no data to support it, and it never does any good. But other than that. So if I am pitching a philosophy, a point of view that doesn't stand up to any logical scrutiny, what does my strategy have to be? Logical scrutiny is racist. Ah, there you go. You've insulated yourself against anybody with a brain's objections to what you're pitching. Of course, nobody would blanking fall for that. I mean, it's so obvious and stupid. Did you just say your argument in favor of your idea is that 
we're not allowed to use logic when we look at this. <laughs> we're not allowed to like collect any data to see if it's if. Are you telling me if I collect data, I'm a racist? That's the most idiotic thing I've ever heard in my days on Earth. <laughs> and yet some people fold in the face of that moronic blanking argument. It's shocking. Just shocking. Especially for the love of God. To go back to that original set of statistics, all those murder victims in New York during the rampant crime of the 80s, for instance, so many of them were, were black folks. They're saving thousands of black lives by using this data analysis of crime and where it occurs and how it occurs and how to prevent it. And the from 93 annual fatal police shootings to six, from 93 to six, fair number of those folks were probably black people or, or brown people or, or Asian people or whatever. It's an incredible success story because it relies on logic. It's racist. And I thought this was so interesting. This is we're switching over to St. Louis now where this uh, Marxist George Soros backed Kimberly Gardner uh, is the Gardner is the uh, the D.A. Uh, well, a guy just came out. He was a 26 year veteran of the St. Louis uh, Police Department. He was a homicide detective. And he was talking about how he'd been placed on an exclusion list, which is a term I'd never heard before. And he, I'm going to summarize this for time, but... I think I was um, on that in high school. There are uh, a hundred and some cops on this exclusion list, which says you can't testify in court and you can't be a fundamental part of a case because you can't be trusted. You're uh, you're just, you're, you're, well, you're not to be trusted. You're like on the outs with the brass. And, and he's pointing out that there's never been this number of people. And if you're put on, uh, on the exclusion list, and if you're put on the exclusion list, you're not allowed to talk about it. There's a gag order. It's a fireable offense if you say, I've been put on the exclusion list. So, I'd never again, I'd never heard of this. But so he points out it's because, um, and so the, there's a huge percentage of their homicide detectives who can't testify. They can't bring cases because this Gardner woman is in bed with Soros and uh, this Soros-backed uh, Vera Institute of Justice that we've mentioned before. Fox News investigation found that Gardner was implementing policies that would shrink the criminal justice system's footprint in St. Louis in coordination with the Soros-linked Vera Institute of Justice. The private organization appeared to pay its own way to influence the district attorney's office. In order to enter into a partnership with Vera and get its support, DA offices commit to reducing racial disparities by at least 20%. And so one of the things they're trying to do is just cut way down on the number of people arrested and the number of people tried and the number of people convicted. And one of the things they're doing is putting an unholy number of cops on this exclusion list. It's crazy. Does that happen only there? Or I guess we wouldn't know if you're not allowed to talk about it. Right. I, I don't know if this specific tool is being used by George Gascon in, uh, in, in uh, L.A., uh, Chase Bodine, when he was in charge at uh, in San Francisco, you got the 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 same type of guy funded by the same type of people in uh, Philadelphia. There's Kim Fox in Chicago. They're all down with George Soros in this Vera Institute, and so yeah, it's becoming more and more clear what they're trying to do. Uh, let's see. I'm 26 here and a half years here. He says, open all my cases up, bring it forward. 
Why are you not reopening these cases? If I'm so non-trustworthy, and the simple answer is because she was lying. It was a political stunt because she wanted less policemen on the force, less arrests, and it made arrests go down. Uh, He said, this is a political effort. If it was true, if I'm biased, take me in front of a judge. Show me proof I'm biased. But she hasn't done that, and I'm not even allowed to object to it. There's no transparency. So, you know, it's it's just one more example of what we've been talking about for a while. And the takeaway is you have to pay attention to district attorney races, county attorney, whatever the, the term of art is in your part of America, because the, the far, far left decided quite smartly. I mean, you got to admire the strategy that that's the way we tear down the system through the district attorney offices. Awesome. Uh, one more thing about this Vera Institute. Oh, blah, 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 blah. He found it bizarre that when Gardner's office began requesting the criminal histories of the victims, which he considered to be a move used by attorneys defending criminals at trials. Um, so the prosecutor is asking, I need records of if the criminals have been... Oh, oh, the criminal histories of victims. So if I get my head smashed in and you take my wallet, if I've ever gotten busted for a drug offense or something, the prosecutor's office wanted to know that. And normally that's the sort of thing um, that uh, criminal, the defense attorneys want. Mm Mm-hmm. They actually got to the point where we had to start bringing in the criminal histories of our victim. They gave more weight to the victim's criminal history. I'm like, what does that have to do with anything? This man is dead or this woman's been assaulted. Yes, she's had a criminal past, but that has nothing to do with it. This person is dead. They were murdered. And that's something lefties want to do? Well, yeah, because if if I have, for instance, and, and to a large extent, it's about black people. If I have a black man. Who, who murdered a victim or, or bashed in their head and took their stuff. And I, as the woke district attorney, the, the Soros-funded thing, say, you know, the victim in this case, uh, he's got a history of burglary. So uh, it's entirely possible the victim had this coming. Or wow. the victim asked for it. For the purpose of not prosecuting that person, probably a black man or maybe a Hispanic person, uh, to just to weaken. The, the, the DA considers her job to weaken the prosecution of anybody of color. Right, man, that's a weird twisting of, uh, of uh, what progressivism is, though. On the other hand, with career criminals. So if, this, you're, if, you've, if you've lived a life of crime, you've got a head bashing or a raping coming your way. Yeah, essentially. Wow. Well, that's the rationale because the only thing that matters is not pre- prosecuting minority offenders. On the other hand, he points out with career crim- criminals, we've got to disregard this guy's 15 prior felonies and three prison sentences that he's done and he's been released early. And we're only going to judge him on this one little case, but we are going to judge the victim if they've made any mistakes on the past. That is incredible. Yeah, I know. Isn't that insane? Yes, what a twisted ideology. I can't believe that that actually has taken hold anywhere. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of this stuff, I, I'd imagine if you've, you're just emerging from a cave or Mars or a cave on Mars, you'd think, wow, A&G are really whipping up some crazy stuff. That can't be happening. All this stuff is happening. I, Honest to God, I assure you, it is really happening. TikTok is a real thing. It's worse than you thought it was in terms of it uh, spying on the country. And now we know politically why it hasn't been banned yet. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. According to the FBI, Americans lost $10.3 billion on Internet scams last year. And it's become such an issue, the White House is taking action. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. Hey, sports fans, it's your old pal, Bazooka Joe. And it's my job to warn you about getting bamboozled by your laptop. Take it from Hunter. Those deals are more trouble than a monkey in a mailbox. If you get an email, a telegram, fax, or Snapple chat from some fella begging you for quick cash, hold your horses. It might be some kind of matchstick man trying to flim-flam you for extra scratch, Jack. A couple weeks ago, I got one of these emails. So it was from my buddy Hector, who needed 850 bucks to buy some ointment for his thingamabob. So I sent Jill down to the Western Union, and guess what? I got goldfish. I never saw Hector or that 850 again. So be careful. It's like I always say, give a hoot, don't compute. <laughs> like some of those old times yeah. say, I got goldfished. <laughs> Some matchstick men show up. <laughs> Whatever wow. the hell that means. Flim flammed me. More trouble than a monkey in a mailbox. <laughs> oh, God. 
Um, I like the fact that Hunter being what he is is just so accepted by everyone. You can just oh, that's Russian disinformation. I thought. Wait a minute. Speaking of the internet, TikTok's on the internet. I have never had TikTok. I've never looked at uh, people have sent me TikTok videos. I've seen them, but I've never had TikTok on my phone or sought it out or anything like that because it's a, a Russian spying operation, among other things. Chinese, uh, Russian, sorry, whatever. sorry, sure. Chinese. Same diff, kind of. Um, Klon Kitchen, who uh, writes all things security and tech and stuff for the Dispatch, do not use TikTok. TikTok can circumvent security protections that Apple and Google have in their app stores. And so the device will track, uh, uh, TikTok will be able to track uh, all the user data and everything like that. So Google and Apple have been saying, no, 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 the apps that we use don't do that, but. He's saying that no, we we now know that TikTok can get get around those things. Wow. Josh Josh Rogan of the Washington Post, who we really like, he has listened to the leaked audio from eighty internal TikTok meetings that show that U.S. user data has been repeatedly accessed from China. Shocking, but not surprising. He says so. Yeah, any of those assurances you've heard from various. U.S. versions of TikTok that no, 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 not in the United States. That's not happening. It's as- oh, we'll we'll uh, transfer all the data to U.S. servers, and and uh, there will be no access in China. No, we don't believe you. You see, and, don't trust China. And one more thing on this, and if you want the full explanation, uh, hour one, look for Armstrong and Getty on demand. Sarah Isger, who knows a lot about politics, writing in the Dispatch, the reason that TikTok still exists is because it's such a great campaigning tool for Democrats. It's where they fundraise. It's where they reach their voters, and they ain't going to get rid of it until they're forced to. Even though it's a spying uh, method for the Chinese communists. Correct. Okay. You can't be cynical enough about politics. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here 
both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What started off no, as no, no, a no, no. I'm going to set this well up. I'm going to set this up. I'm going to set this up. Um, before we get to that, so uh, we've mentioned several times the last couple of days uh, Ron DeSantis's answer on Ukraine, which uh, Joe thinks is clever. Uh, leaving your options open, politics, smart politics. Um. But, man, uh, it's getting quite a bit of attention. We mentioned the Dispatch earlier. They're a news outlet that I really like. The schism is here. And uh, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. Do you think it's a big deal or not that he answered the way he did? Is this Uh, one of those deals where uh, uh, a media hungry to talk about the 2024 presidential race is happy to have anything to latch on to? Or is this a big deal? Uh, The first one. The first one? Okay. (laughs) The latch on to one. Okay. It's not insignificant what he said, but he's clearly trying not to alienate the Trumpy wing of the party. I think if he's actually not committed to Ukraine, it is a big deal, but I don't know if he is or not. So I guess that's a heck of an if. And if he loses the Trumpy wing of the party, it won't matter because he'll just be the governor of Florida. Gotcha. Um, uh, we'll have plenty of days to talk about that. This is pretty funny. The city of Newark somehow became sister cities with a fake city. Here's the explanation of how it unfolded. What started off as a seemingly well-intentioned partnership has turned into a giant embarrassment for the city of Newark. Earlier this year, Mayor Ross Baraka invited what he thought was the Hindu nation of Kailasa to Newark City Hall for a cultural trade agreement. But it turns out Kailasa is no nation at all. It's a fake. Very embarrassing for the city. I truly don't even have words for it. I'm really sorry for the city that they got duped in that way. Though it has a detailed website, Kailasa has no real government. It's the brainchild of Swami Nithyananda, a notorious scam artist and fugitive from India who has been on the run from rape charges since 2019. Whose job was it to do a simple Google search, right? As you said, like, no one in City Hall, not one person did a Google search. So maybe we need a transformation of City Hall because not one person said, let me go on Google and figure out this was a fake city. A few days after the papers were signed, City Council rescinded the agreement. This is an oversight. Cannot happen any longer. The New York City Hall insists no money was exchanged in this deal to become sister cities. The mayor's office told us based on the deception, the ceremony was groundless and void. In a statement, City Hall said, although this was a regrettable incident, the city of Newark remains committed to partnering with people from diverse cultures in order to enrich each other with connectivity, support, and mutual respect. It's great. Show love to the Hindu brothers and sisters, but yeah, it's a moment. Residents hope the next sister city comes with a Google search. In Newark, New Jersey, Ali Bauman, CBS2 News. <laughs> I like how they try to... Well, it is important to exchange with other cultures and in an open-hearted... They don't exist. What are you talking about? <laughs> I like the statement of a that ceremony. Now that we uh, f- uh, find out that they are not above board on this, that is null and void. 
<laughs> okay. So the ceremony, the meaningless sister city thing that doesn't mean much, even when it's a real city, you're uh, you're saying it's null and void because that city doesn't exist. Okay. We are not their sister city and wouldn't be. <laughs> I'm told this guy got this group into two United Nations meetings. So he's wow. been running this scam for a while, or at least not allegedly raping people. So nobody thought, well, where is this? I'm going to Google it. We Maybe you should go there. And <laughs> How big a nation is this, or city, or whatever? <laughs> well, what was that quote about? Well, I think it's, it's good that we got to you know, be down with our Hindu brothers. What Hindu brothers? <laughs> this... Are you still unclear on this? This is a scam. Well, I've always thought the whole the sister city thing was kind of not a lot going on there anyway. Oh, that's kind of fun. It's all right. You know? I'm not to, I don't want to ban it, but it's it's not a whole lot. <laughs> Make sure they exist. <laughs> oh, God, wow. that's funny. That is funny. Sounds like a pretty awful character that's behind it, but... Yeah. And then, and I just love it anytime government officials get caught in something like this. Now they have to use their serious voice. We can't, we can't possibly just laugh at our, you know. When I make really stupid mistakes, I laugh out loud at how stupid I am. <laughs> you don't need to go into your serious voice, but well, we continue to believe that cultural exchanges are an important part of our life as a city, and we'll uh, just. Sh- all right, you, you, you had a sister city that doesn't exist. <laughs> and we voided the ceremony. No money has exchanged hands. All right, well, that's good. I don't know how you end up in the line of work of perpetuating a global scam, but that would be kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, putting aside the fact that this guy is allegedly rapey, I mean, thinking, all right, here's my, here's my deal now. I'm going to make up a city or a city-state or whatever kielbasa or what was the name of it kibasa <laughs> um i'm gonna make this up i'm gonna try to get into u.n meetings i'm gonna become sister cities with american cities i'm gonna have like a stationary yeah that's what i'm gonna do with my time a fake city you know what i would get tremendous satisfaction out of that I think I would really enjoy it, and especially the fact that there's no harm being done. It's not like you're stealing from old people or, you know, uh, the, the, uh, taking off with uh, money for orphans or something like that. There's no harm done. You're a fake yeah. sister city. Who cares? <laughs> you're in a meaningless UN meeting as a non-existent place. Whatever. You know, if you're one of those Silicon Valley zillionaires who listens to the show and just had your bacon saved because uh, you're going to get your deposits back. By we the, the taxpayer in a bailout. Right, from your uh, SVB. Uh, I tell you what, lay a couple of million bucks on me. I will perpetuate a scam like that to amuse you. I will be your dancing monkey. <laughs> You just tell me the nature of the scam. I'll spend the rest of my days working on it. Oh, God, I would like to have been in the meeting when they discussed this once they found out in their very serious tones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost want to play that report again. There were so many delicious quotes in there. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, eh, boy. Idiots. So, you know, speaking of idiots, uh, I've, I've been looking at this. I've been paying attention to this story for a while. Now. I haven't really brought it up on the air for a couple of weeks, I think. But um, the great Raoul Dahl, the children's author, one of the most important children's authors in, in the history of the English language, um, a lot of his books in the new editions have been censored um, and, 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 like, made less objectionable to the woke ear. And in ways that are just 
stupid uh, and, and, and bad. Um, Charles C.W. Cook wrote about this um, uh, really eloquently. And I'm going to hit you with a little bit of what he said, and then uh, there's a new a wrinkle. He's got young kids, so he's in that uh, period where these books mean a lot to him. Yeah, but he right. And he points out that among the many words that have been excised from Dahl's books are fat, ugly, and crazy, double chin, that sort of thing. Um, in the twits, Mrs. Twit has a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and a double chin and stick out teeth. She does not, as the new version tells us, merely have a wonky nose and a crooked mouth and stick out teeth. Another character might have a wonky nose and crooked mouth and stick out teeth and no double chin, but that character is not Mrs. Twit. She has a double chin, too. That is how she was written by the author. It is how she ought to remain in perpetuity. And here's the other thing, because he, he writes quite eloquently about the words that the author chose is their art. That, that's, you can't mess with that and still claim it's the same work of art. Anyway, he says, here's the other thing. Objectively, the changes are crap. Where before the witches read, and then he gives a long, very amusing quote. Now they say, don't be foolish, blah, 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 and a boring, flat quote that Raoul Dahl never would have written. It's kind of long, so I'm not going to read it to you, but that's crap, isn't it? We're not talking about here about Sussmeyer finishing Mozart's Requiem. We're talking bad work performed by the terminally average. As the changes plainly show, the people who've been charged with improving Raoul Dahl couldn't write their way out of a balsa wood outhouse. These aren't artists. They're people who like to boast that they work in publishing, but who've never had an interesting or eloquent thought in their lives. They're not editors. They're vultures, dependents, parasites. They're people who read lines such as, we few, we happy few, we band of brothers, and wonder if the author might consider that are changing brothers to persons. Right. The people who read Reader, I married him, and complain that it's too bourgeois. That's a, a rather obscure literary reference, depending on how much you read. But anyway, um, they're the sort of people who think that Kipling was an inadequate writer because they heard from a more knowledgeable friend that he was an imperialist. Anyway, so he blasts them, and it's, it's beautiful. Just came across this. The company hired to revise Raoul Dahl's books only used woke consultants under the age of 30 and once employed a project manager who describes themselves as a non-binary, asexual, polyamorous relationship anarchist. All right. Yeah. I'm Jack. So this organization uses sensitivity readers as well as nearly 100 inclusion ambassadors who range, in, who range in age from 8 to 30 to, re, to read literature. And if they come up with anything that triggers their sensibilities, it gets taken out. That's an interesting way to design a society, oh, isn't it? You get a God. whole bunch of how many people was it? Um, nearly 100 inclusion ambassadors. You gather 100 people together, and if any one of 100 people are offended at all, you change it. That is an interesting way to run society. Yeah. And the project manager, of course, is a non-binary, asexual, polyamorous relationship anarchist. Publishers and authors pay for the re-edits of their work so they can represent every child and eliminate stereotypes and outdated terms. Just unbelievable. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, that's that's the main point of this. Some of the great classics of children's literature are now going to be edited and neutered by woke nine-year-olds who find some... This phrase is problematic. So my son was uh, somewhat surprised to see 
he was in the library yesterday at school and see that they have Tom Sawyer on the shelf there because we've been reading Tom Sawyer as I mentioned in a podcast a couple of weeks ago and there's lots of N-bombs in there. And uh, um, we had to have a discussion about that. But it's still in the library, at least at my school. I know that's various, various schools they've taken it out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they have. Uh, the idea, you know, it's funny, I was talking to a buddy of mine about this because uh, the Chris Rock uh, Netflix thing is out and very funny, but he drops, you know, 275 N-bombs in it. Um, the idea that that's okay, but if anybody utters that word in a historical context when it was commonly used or just in an academic discussion of the use of the word, their careers are over, is that's pre-enlightenment witchcraft style uh, quasi-religion. I mean, that's that's a bizarre way to run a society. It's indefensible. I, it's I'd idiotic. say. Right. Um but you can make you can make I don't make this argument, but you could make the argument for taking Tom Sawyer out of the library a lot easier than you can make the argument of taking the word like double chin or ugly out of a book. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. we go down that road, where would it end? It's shocking and a little frightening that this stuff has gotten as far as it has. It's more than a little frightening. It's it's significantly frightening because it's so ugly and so clearly stupid. Um, you'd think anybody with any sense would reject it, but you know, I'm, I'm very fond of a couple of quotes. I throw them around pretty regularly about how there are some ideas so terrible, only an intellectual could have them, but the extent to which ideology can blind common sense is just, there needs to be more written about that people. There need to be clever sayings that everybody knows. Swept up by a belief, you become a moron or something. I don't know. Right. Um, that needs to be a commonly understood part of the human condition because that, that like that's like the story of the modern world and all of its excesses and perversions, if you ask me. We're to the point where uh, Tom Sawyer had run away from home and he becomes aware of the fact that the people think he had drowned. And he sneaks back into his Aunt Polly's house and he's listening to her cry and blubber about how sad she is that he's dead. I think it's pretty cruel that he let her go on thinking that. Well, he was undercover. Yeah. That's rough. Just let her cry about how sad she is that you're dead. Wow, now you're censoring Twain. Why don't you go in there yeah, and, so I, and, and rewrite the passage? So I pulled out the pages and rewrote them and stapled them back into the book. <laughs> That's good. That's good. We will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Americans have a sandwich problem. Maybe we'll get to that story tomorrow. Yeah, I got a sandwich problem. I don't got one in front of me. Yeah, no kidding. I'm hungry. The average American eats too many sandwiches is the idea. But again, maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. I had a sandwich last night. It was delicious. Um, I love a good sandwich. Here's a quote for you. This is the most poorly thought out major bill I've ever seen. That's from a Republican House leader in the state of Washington, where they are now the first in the nation to pass a no more natural gas bill. This uh, company, Puget Sound Energy, is the biggest in the entire state of Washington. They have a million almost natural gas customers, and uh, there will be no more natural gas going to new buildings, and then they're moving away from buildings that already have natural gas. As is pointed out by the opposition to it, this is going to be incredibly expensive. They have no plan for how this is going to work, and nobody has detailed what good this is going to do. (laughs) Which I find hilarious. Build a a coal fire to warm your house. Yes. Um, uh, One of the uh, proponents, when hit with the idea that this is going to be really expensive for people to have to switch over and all that sort of thing, and... Um, there will be aggressive financial assistance for these people. Okay, so taxpayers are going to pay to switch people over from natural gas to electric or however they're going to do it. And you, you, can't, you can't quantify what the benefit's going to be to the environment. And what percentage of the electricity used is going to be made by green uh, methods and what not so green, like natural gas, for instance? Right. It's, 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 God. God, it's kind of been the theme of the day. Not thought out uh, things around an ideology. Like you, you really like, you feel, feel so bad about slavery, you're going to give $5 million to everybody. You know, you're going to start taking words out of books. Just all these things that aren't thought through. All that matters is your intent. Yeah, your your intention is to to uh, to be nice to other people in the world, so you have a fake sister city. I mean, we've had so many of these stories today. Where are the adults? Huh? It's time for Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty to share some final thoughts. And if I hear them say another negative thing about me, these really will be their final thoughts. 
Hashtag no. Clinton body count. Wow. Uh, threatened <laughs> by Hillary Clinton. That's a pretty good Chilling. deep fake. I just saw Chilling. a great deep fake with uh, Joe Biden. They're getting better all the time. Anyway, here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, I'm a little depressed, to be honest with you. All these stories, I'm thinking about you know Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Bugs Bunny cartoons, college speakers that I like. My whole past life is being canceled. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Jack, a final thought for us? Got a text from the sitter. For some reason, Pugcito, our pug. Uh, peed on Henry's shoes. So it was uh, quite the uh, dust-up this morning trying to figure out what he was going to wear for footwear to school. Uh, what sort of message is that? What, what sort of message is a dog sending you when he pees on your shoes? He's not happy about is your something. your dog in the mob? It sounds like some sort of, you know, it's a message. It's like sending a fish wrapped in a newspaper? Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. I feel like it yeah. was a message, but I don't know what the message was. My final thing, my final thought... Whether it's uh, relations with uh, Russia or China or, uh, I don't know, the banking system, the stock market, the economy. Is anything getting noticeably better? Are there any topics, news stories that seem to be trending positively? I asked this a couple weeks ago. Name me one thing in America that's getting better. (laughs) It's not a good thought. I know it's a terribly negative attitude, but... Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. See you tomorrow. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. There's a monkey on the front porch. Just sitting around, playing the fiddle. Who do you think you are? A zebra. A zebra? A pop I'm not a cat. It's the fat. It's the fat. It's the fat. Yep. Okay. What percentage of the people are on drugs? 80%. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Those are the rules. Those are the rules. It is what it is. That high note? Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.